You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Studio 537, this is the Doodle Podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, live from the Beats Lab at Studio 537, you've come back for another exciting installment of the Duder Podcast. Ah, the days are getting shorter. And we know what that means. Baseball's almost over. It's been a shitty week in the beat household for sports. It really has. I mean, we were supposed to record last Sunday. However, the fine folks at SMTA let me down and my Wi-Fi was down. Turned out the backup power box or something was broken, but I had my guest all lined up, was ready to rock and roll. It actually worked out okay because the Mets uh, game was last Sunday night, and uh, um, I had to watch it on my phone via my data plan, which is okay. But, um, yeah, no, not not a good, not not a good showing by the Mets. And I'm sure my guest tonight will probably bring it up. Um, if he doesn't, I'd be surprised, but, um, uh, not going to say who my guest is yet. Um, I'm sure that process of elimination, most of you will figure it out. Um, but he'll be here shortly and we will have a fun night. Uh, he's been here before due to podcast veteran excited to have him here. Um, yeah, and then the Irish laid a big freaking goose egg yesterday. What a disaster. And I'm sure that my guest tonight, who was actually at the game, great seats, just a shitty Irish performance uh, for the seats that he had. Um, that's too bad. We got the NBA coming up here. I've been checking in on my Celtics podcasts Uh uh, seeing what's going on with them, and they got the preseason games, but the NBA is right around the corner, and the guest tonight is also a big NBA guy, so I'm sure we'll get into that too. Speaking of podcasts, if you get a chance, go on over to Spotify and listen to Across the Field podcast. Go, I don't care if you don't listen to any episode, but find the one that is titled A Duder Invasion. The Beckman boys had me on. 
I personally feel like it's probably the best episode that they'll ever put together. Um, I was dynamite. I was myself as normal uh, per the huge. So uh, yeah, head on over to Spotify. I mean, if you're going to listen to us while you're there, you might as well, you know, listen to them too. They do some good stuff there. Um, and I had a great time. I'm struggling with my picks this week for them. Um, before I move on here, I want to give a quick shout out to the aces of Hicksville for knocking off the Fairview Apaches on Friday night. Great work aces. Um, but yeah, so I'm not doing good with, uh, I was just checking score other scores from, I mean, Alabama went down yesterday. Oklahoma state went down yesterday and so did USC. So pretty big ones. And I, and out of three NFL games today, I have not got one of them correct yet. The Cowboys play later tonight against John DeVore's Eagles. Speaking of congratulations, John, to you and your goddamn Philadelphia Phillies. How does this work? The Phillies finished third in the NL East, and they're just waltzing their asses on over to the National League Championship Series. And they're going to play the Padres, who beat us. But first and foremost, John, you guys beat the Braves. That's all that matters. Now we just need the Yankees to lose tonight. And I think I'll feel a little bit better about sports in general. So yeah, that's uh, what's going on tonight at the Duder. Boy, you're gonna you're gonna have a good one tonight. I do have a text out. We might have a special guest hop on sometime. Uh, no guarantees because frankly, when you're talking about this guy, no, you ain't getting a guarantee. I'll tell you that right now. All right, so let's take a little break here. We'll come back, welcome our guest, and we're gonna have some fun tonight. So stay tuned. You're listening to the. Duder Podcast. Welcome back to the Duder Podcast. Lively little first segment from me we should like go and like hang out with todd (laughs) hi girls whoa it's todd if you don't know now you know i got my guest here tonight that's awesome that's great (laughs) uh it's amazing how much better with this i've gotten production quality wise throughout the years Oh, Lindsay Keys, welcome back to the Duder Podcast. Been a long time, my friend. Good to see you. It has. Do you remember the last time you were on? Oh, boy. Over a year, year and a half, bro. It has been a while. I'm sure whatever one it was, it was one of your higher viewed and listened to podcasts. But, I, you know, other than that, been a while. <laughs> I want to say it was probably around the, about the time we switched from all audio to video and audio about i think yeah. you had your life got a little busy and you stepped away for a little bit and mm-hmm. and um yeah it's good to have you back man i'm super yeah. excited so i hear you attended the fighting irish game yesterday or should i call it the stanford game yesterday 
Oh my gosh. You know what? I was there and I will say this, I've gone to a game or two every year for probably 45 years and a couple of things. One, the enthusiasm on campus is as high, if not higher than, than ever. Maybe uh, since Lou was there, that's for sure. I mean, the line of people for the player walkthrough, I've never seen it. So uh, enthusiastic and so many people and, you can tell there's a culture change going on there, but uh, inexcusable loss to an average Stanford team, inexcusable loss to Marshall. And I sensed a lot. The crowd, it looks to me like they're going to be patient with Marcus and do what we need to do, which is give him some time and let him get his recruiting going his kids in there and stuff and we'll see what happens i mean there's no excuses right we're notre dame we expect to be you know nine to twelve wins every year anything less is more than unacceptable but you've seen it we're weak at wide receiver the o-lines uh inconsistent as can be quarterback plays average right now i could go on and on new staff new head coach um but those losses are just inexcusable. And just when we think we're coming around, I mean, here's North Carolina, what, five and one, six and one. We went down there and kicked them all over the place. Look solid against the average Cal team, you know, but that's what you're supposed to do. Here's one for you. Try this one on for size. <laughs> Never thought I'd say this. We actually played better against Marshall than we did last night. Really? And I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing last night. And then they woke up in the second half, but not enough. And I don't know. I think the talent level is obviously not where it uh, should be. Um, I just don't know how. I mean, let's face it, Ohio State's one or two going to be in the playoffs. They're, they're a bitch. How do we go toe-to-toe with them for three and a half quarters like we did and then have spent the last – five weeks stumbling around. I don't understand. Um, I know we're playing a lot of kids with an experience, but the only thing I can think of Rob is I spent the month of August summer and August preparing for Ohio state and a lot of emotion was drained out of them, but still come on, man. Don't want to hear it. Uh, this isn't up to our standards. That's for sure. However, one thing I keep on back to, if you remember, Lou's first two years were just like this. They weren't good. They were average. Yeah, they were lean, and, yeah. They were, I think, five and seven his first year. So I'm just – let's just be patient and see how, how it turns out. Is it is it – is there that much of a talent gap between Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine? <sighs> I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, because like you said, there were times last night when Pine looked pretty damn good. Like he was settled in. I kind of get the feeling that he's 100% keyed in on Michael Mayer all the yeah. time. Yes. Yes. Like yeah. number one option is right there. It's but obvious. when Merriweather caught that TD pass last night, I leapt from my seat because yeah. I've been trying to figure out where's this kid at first catch of the year. Yeah, and he he ran. I watched uh, playback of it today. Ran a great route, has speed, big time speed, and it was wonderful. I mean, Pine's numbers overall are acceptable, but you're right. 
I, th- I saw him throw to Mayer a couple of times when he was double covered. I'm like, dude. And I also saw our other wide receivers more times than not, Rob, they struggle to get open. That's why that, he's back okay. They do. And we knew going into the season, we were going to be a little weak there. And it was apparent to me uh, watching it live last night. So, yeah. But we better pull our pants up because we got some dogs ahead of us with Clemson, Syracuse, USC. I'm kind of tickled to see that USC lost yesterday. But because, you know, when we were sitting there with two losses, I'm like, OK, we need all these teams to win, win out and everything. Maybe we run the table, find a way to go 10 and two and get a nice bowl game. Uh, settle down, Lindsay, because we're not there. We're not that team. We're uh, obviously. And so uh, I hope they all lose. Clemson get out. USC lose. Uh, I don't really. I'll tell you what. We're going to have our hands full going into the carrier. Dome. We just well, are. But we also, I thought we were going to have our hands full in Vegas with BYU. Well, there you go. That's what I mean. I, I think the consistency shows our inexperience in youth. I, I, I guess that's all what I'm going to try to lean on. But, you know, when you're one of the uh, big boys in college football or supposed to be one of them, you know, there's no excuses that uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera, there's just not. And so – I just don't do – it doesn't seem to me that uh, the big-time programs don't have those horrid losses like we seem to come up with every few years. Tulsa, Navy, however many years ago, Marshall. I mean, I don't see that happening. It, 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 those teams don't do that, and I, right. I don't quite understand why we do. Can't, can't hide from it. Uh, it sucks, but – you know the recruiting numbers for what it's worth because you can be a four and five star all you want and you can be rated one, two, or three with all these publications out there and their ratings for recruiting. You still got to perform on the field, but it's encouraged that Marcus clearly is getting kids that uh, Kelly wasn't getting. And I'm not going to run Kelly into the ground at all, but I'm just saying he's getting kids he wasn't getting to the point where I'm like, okay, they're going to investigate us because you've seen it. They're getting four and five star commits all over the place. And that just never happened before. And um, I'm anxious to get that car kid in from Michigan. Um, of course that's not till 24. I thought it was next year and I looked into it and I was wrong. It's, it's 24. I've heard it's rumors June. floating around. I've read some stuff talking about, he's talking about maybe potentially graduating early maybe and reclassifying. Well, if you do, that's fine. And then what? Come play next year? Uh, or I at mean, least get to campus. At least get to get to campus and yeah. get to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I don't know the rules. Let's say he graduates this year from high school. Okay, do you want a 17-year-old kid under center against Ohio State next September? I mean, I I don't know. These kids are different because, they, you know, they go to all these camps in the summer, right? And and it's not like it used to be. So they're much more prepared, which is evidence with all these kids coming out of college and playing quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that was unheard of. Until well, here's, the last- here's the stat I've got for you. I picked this up on Twitter today and I screenshotted it just so I could say it to you here. So Notre Dame has failed to reach 100 yards of offense in 16 of 24 quarters this year. 
they've played teams ranked 67th, 125th, 93rd, and 97th in total defense. The four worst quarters have been the fourth quarter against Ohio State, they had 12 yards of total offense. Cal, first quarter, 28. Stanford, second quarter, 36, 36 yards in the whole second quarter last night. And then the fourth was Marshall, the first quarter against Marshall, 46 yards. The person that tweeted it said, this is 2003 bad. Yeah, I didn't know them numbers. It's hard. I mean, it's hard I, to I, figure out what the, yeah. you know, you've I got, you've got, you've got the people that are complaining about Tommy Reese's play calling, but yet keep in mind who's under center here. Exactly. When you've spent all spring and summer with Tyler Buckner under center. Sure. And, but the good teams don't necessarily have this problem. I know. I know. I mean, those numbers are, are awful. I can almost understand the Ohio State number because, let's face it, I think they wore us down. By the fourth quarter, they were running the ball and and kept the ball. You yep. know, they had two possessions there that took, gosh, I bet eight, nine minutes total and just wore us down. But, boy, Tommy's play calling yesterday was, I want to say, awful. But... <laughs> When your O-line's inconsistent and your wide receivers can't get open I, I, and you struggle running the ball sometimes, I, I I don't know. Then, then you know, they would break off a couple of nice runs. I'm like, okay, here we go. But, yeah, well, Marcus said on his – I think he ended his press conference last night by saying we will figure it out. Well, you know, what are you going to say? They better because – this isn't going to work. This isn't, this isn't going to work. Here's the deal. I remember talking to your uncle Mike at the gas station this summer and talking about Marcus. And let's face it, Indy Nation is all hyped up about this guy. Everybody on campus loves him. The players love him and all that. And I told your, your uncle, I go, look, here's the bottom line. He's got to win. If he don't win, he's yesterday's news, and they'll throw him on the scrap heap and be looking for somebody else because – that's what you're supposed to do there. And we'll see. I'm, I'm willing to be patient. I think we have to. We have to. I mean, let's just give him time and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, there, there's some gaudy numbers. You know, coming out of the House State game, I thought, okay, we do have the personnel. In this face, House State's loaded with talent. Year in, year out. They just are. As much as I hate it, right? They just yeah. are. The football factory, and that's just a fact. Um, but we, I, we looked almost as fast as them. Their speed obviously didn't kill us. I'll say this. One thing that I don't think has been talked about that much. Stroud really wasn't on that night. He missed some wide open guys. Normally he hits. And I think if they would have hit about four or five of them plays, it could have got ugly, but first game, I guess, I don't know, but he, he was off that night, but I thought overall we come out of that game matching them better than I thought we would. And then the last five weeks, take away BYU. I, I don't understand it. I, did, I, I, I don't know. It's very frustrating. I find a comment that you made a little bit ago interesting. You're not going to bag on Brian Kelly? I'm not, and here's why. He won a ton of games for us. He won a ton of Fuck games. Fuck him. I know. 
I just don't want to be that guy that, I mean, am I glad he's gone? Absolutely. Had it's had he run its course? Yes. Did he have zero personality? Yes. Did he win any big games? No. But he won the ones he should. I saw a stat today. He won thirty five. Oh, he won thirty five in a row against teams where we were favored by double digits. And we're on the way to the game yesterday. And my wife says, "So what do you think?" I go, "Well, we're favored by seventeen, but I'm not buying it because I saw the Marshall game." which we were favored by 20. So now with that said, I want LSU to lose every game and get buried and him to get caught in uh, uh recruiting violation and get fired. Okay. But I'm not going to run him into the ground that he's gone. And we're all, we're all glad. <laughs> Cause he's a, he's a uh, no personality. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. Has he won the big one? No. But anyway, I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> this is Tennessee legit. Um boy, I'll tell you, I watched that game yesterday. And I was sitting there hoping and praying that it got over with before I had to flip it over to the Irish game. I and it know. did. I think it happened like gosh. Shortly after we kicked off, it, it was a, their game got over with. Everybody sitting so, around me was kind of following the score on their phone, so we knew right away. I switched and, over and to Twitter the, just to make sure I wasn't missing something. Did you just say Twitters? Twitter, yeah, Twitter. Uh, I just I, – I'd laugh at how the whole nation loses their mind when Alabama loses. I mean, because I it doesn't happen that often. I don't hear that reaction when Ohio mm -hmm. State loses or Georgia or Clemson, you know, the usual uh, big boys. But when they lose, people lose their mind. And you're right, it don't happen very often. But I tell you what, I've seen Alabama a couple times, and I wasn't surprised, really. I, I, I don't know. They have some weak areas, and people are figuring it out and exposing them, it seems to be. I mean, who's the best team in the country? I don't know. You you could punch holes in about every top teams somewhere along the line. Uh, I don't know if there is that team that's untouchable. I don't know if there's that team that has no weaknesses. Um but I really don't know how good. Like I don't, I can't figure Michigan out. I mean, I don't know if they're. I don't care yeah. what they did with Penn State. I don't care what they did with Penn State, because I thought they're probably overrated in the first place. Here's the thing: I laugh at. Are really every year do we have to sit back and watch a Minnesota creep into the top twenty and then get blown out the very next week? They got Kansas. Come on, man. We know this isn't real. They're not any good. Come on. So here's my fear of the 12-team playoff. Let's face it, Rob. How many years now have we had the Final Four? Three, four years, five? Yeah. Have you seen any semifinal games that were close? Not, if, if, not Wasn't really. there a – Well, there might – okay, me might be able to find one, but they're all blue. Yeah. So my point is this. I, do I want the 12? Yes. Because I would hope to hell to think Notre Dame would be in that four out of every five years. They damn well better be. 
But I just think, unlike college basketball, unlike college baseball, there's a huge drop-off from the top one, two, three to everybody else. Now, is four through ten okay? Yeah, they're solid football teams. But one, two, and three are just powerhouses. And so, you know, we could have some ugly high school one versus 16 matchups with the scores being ridiculous. I mean, I don't know who's number 12 in the nation right now, but if that team would win their first game, they're going to get lit up by whoever's the one seed. So, well, aren't there talk? Isn't, doesn't, don't like the first top four seeds get a buy or something like that? Four top, yes. But so now you got five versus 12. To me, 12 could beat five because I think five through 12 is a toss up. So now you got 12 playing one the following week. Oh, but here you go, Duder. Check this out. The number 12, I'm looking at the just released AP top 25. And in case you're wondering, no, the Irish aren't in it. Um, <laughs> the number 12 team in the country is USC. That I like. And because I think, well, there's another, I haven't even seen them play this year. And I don't know if Lincoln Riley's the reason they're getting all this hype. It is. But it's pretty clear to me he turned things around in short notice out there. And so, here's your here's your thing that's going to start happening. He's going to start getting those California kids to stay. I mean, how many college quarterbacks, elite, have been from California, L.A.? A lot of them. And I bet a bunch of them are going to start staying now. They'll get those kids to stay because you've heard it forever. You hear ex Trojan football players say, if you just recruit 60, 70% of your squad from California, you're going to be a bitch. And I believe that. I mean, it's basically, you get kids from Florida, Ohio, Texas, California. Those are the top high school states, to the best of my knowledge, or thereabout. You recruit heavy there and get those kids, you're going to be fine. Dude, check out these rosters on college. It, it blows you away how many kids are from California and Florida and Texas and Ohio as well. But the ones from Ohio pretty much are Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, obviously, you know, kind of stay in the Midwest. Those Texas, Florida, and California kids, they go all over the country, especially the Florida kids. Hell, Defiance College has got Florida kids. Of course, they're old for the last 30 years, but – how about that? Find Scottish football. Dude, what's happened? Yeah. I don't care. I have, <laughs> I don't so care, here, here, here you go. So the AP top 25 numbers one, two, and three. Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee. I figured pretty Tennessee legit, did. but here's what I find interesting. Georgia got 31 votes, Ohio State 17, Tennessee 15. First place votes. Whoa. Uh, who's the highest ranked one loss team? Bama? Yeah, the, and they dropped all the way to six. Who else is in the top ten with one loss? Oregon. Have you seen them? I want to say I watched them like the first week maybe. Yeah, didn't they lose the first week? To, like, I, Georgia? Think so. I think so. Yeah, Georgia. they played Georgia. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, who's going to test Ohio State? Uh, the number four team in the country. Michigan. Michigan. I can't figure them out. I just don't know if they're any good. I don't know. I think offensively they're okay. I don't know about defensively, but I just can't put my finger on them. And it's in Columbus this year. Um, here's what I say. You know, every year we play Stanford or USC and, and USC. And our last game of the year, every year, is either at Stanford or USC. And the reason for that, if you probably know, is coaches stay out in California and recruit after that last game. Now, the one that comes to South Bend is usually in October because we've agreed to not make them come in cold-ass cold weather. Well, guess what, USC? That's over. You want to join the Big Ten and have to play that schedule they're going to have to be out here when it's cold. I mean, come on. Sooner or later, they are. So I say we start scheduling USC in November. <laughs> like we got, we got Clemson coming up here in November, and you take any advantage you can get. And so I'm hoping it's going to be cold. So let's talk about this. Can you explain to me how the UCLA and USC schedule in every sport is going to work? playing in that big rival game against Rutgers and that big rival game against Maryland. Come on. Across man. the country. I don't, I don't, I mean, it seems like they're going to almost have to fly out here, play at Ohio state, go to the, wherever they're supposed to play their next game and not go back till after that. And what kind of crowds are they going to generate? I mean, the home team obviously will, you know, the home Big Ten team will keep big crowds. But I tell you what, you've been to a bunch of Notre Dame games. Usually there's a whole section for the visitors, like a whole section for the visitors, which is quite a few people. Stanford had nobody there last night. Really? So for the first time ever, I shuttled from the parking lot to the stadium. I don't know if that's a sign of a retired guy. I don't care. It was, it was great. And so we're shuttling back and I'm waiting in line to get on the bus. And I strike up a conversation with the people behind me. And I just turned to him and said, uh, I, I'm just trying to process what I just saw. And the guy was about my age, uh, unzips his coat and says, I, I can tell you what, he's got a Stanford shirt on. Turns out his son's the strength and, uh, conditioning coordinator for Stanford. He proceeded to tell me their fan base is pathetic. They don't have a band. The kids don't go to the games out there. And I'm like, caught me off guard because I thought Stanford was pretty respectable college football school for a long time. They've fallen off, fallen off here lately, but yeah, he had nothing good to say about it. He goes, we're just blown away at the fans here in South Bend and the band and the, the whole atmosphere and everything. He goes, that is not going on in Palo Alto. I was shocked. Is so, there that much to do in Northern California? I don't know. They're different cats out there, bro. Well, in, in, and in, the, in the fans' defense, Stanford hasn't been relevant for... Since Harbaugh? Yeah. Hey, McCaffrey... I've been trying to think of their head coach's name for two days. And I can't. Stanford's head coach. David Shaw. Yeah, I like him. I've always liked him. 
you look at him on the sideline, you don't know if they're ahead by 30 or down by 30. I just like him. Yeah. And I thought maybe he'd get a, a job somewhere. And that window probably hasn't closed on him, but he's going to have to build that place back up if he wants to get a job somewhere else, probably. You know how it is. What have you done for me lately? But I like him. And yeah, they haven't done, they've been a mess for several years. Well, I'll tell you what, Lens. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a little break here. We'll come back. We'll we'll get more into this, and maybe we'll get Lindsay to talk about the NBA too. Hey, and by the way, thanks for not asking me about baseball. Greatly appreciate it. Well, <laughs> this this pot isn't over, my friend. That's right. All right, stay tuned. You're listening to the Duder Podcast. Welcome back to the Duder Podcast. Probably America's greatest rock and roll band ever. I think if you go back and listen to some of our episodes, I think you may have made that point perfectly clear. Yeah, I I, I, I stand by that, and I'm, I'm not standing alone. That's, that's America's greatest rock and roll band ever. It's hard to and, argue with. And then worldwide, top three, top five anyways. Anyways, again, again, difficult to argue <laughs> with. I mean, they got some trash tunes too, but who don't, right? Yeah, it's, I agree. Let's talk baseball real fast, bro. Oh, fuck. I knew you'd do that. Well, I was behind the Mets. I was okay with the Mets. I, I'm come on, man. I mean, what the did, did DeGrom and Scherzer have tired arms? I mean, how do you explain it? Well, to be honest, DeGrom was the only one that showed up in that three-game set against San Diego. Yeah, Scherzer laid an egg and Bassett laid an egg. They both got shelled. <sighs> I mean, Bad. from what I'm hearing and reading is Bassett can't cut it in New York. Mm. Um, he laid down his last – I mean, Scherzer and, Scherzer and Bassett both laid down their last two starts. Well, that was awful. I mean, They were the two sure. biggest starts of the year. Scherzer got lit up in Atlanta and then back at home. I, ow. Well, he's got a lot of miles on that arm, but New York's a tough place to play. You know that. It's 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 tough. Some guys can't do it. Um, I mean, you talk about being under the spotlight every single day. My God, it's tough. They don't want it. You know, it, it's tough. But still, well, how many 100-win teams are out of playoffs now? All of them. It's amazing. Except the Yankees, but they're playing, I think, right now, actually. Yeah, they're up 3-0 in the second or third. Um, I thought Houston, I know it's a very unpopular opinion because everybody's got this feeling about them. I had, after all year, they're the best team in the earth. They, they just are. They're built for this shit. They're good. And the A, the cream always rises and stays to the top, which is Houston. And B, Teams that get hot, which is San Diego and Philly, you know. Now, is the best manager in baseball in Cleveland? Uh, it's hard to that, again another point that's hard to argue with. Although no. I really like Buck Showalter, I really do. I mean, well, you know what, dude, I'm glad to hear that because you were texting me when they hired him, and you weren't that happy, and I told you. You're going to like him. 
I think my exact words were meh. I just, yeah, I, it didn't get me excited and it didn't piss me off. I mean, there you go. You're a total baseball guy. Total he baseball. is. And I'm going to tell you what he was. He didn't have issues with his press conferences. They were always, even if they lost, you know, he was, you know, he joked around with the media. I think he, he did a really good job of supplanting himself. Has he ever won a world series? No. You know what I'm going to say? He probably isn't going to either. He's the Brian Kelly of Major League. Oh, Rangers. Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, here no, here's here's his he problem. Had, he had three quarters of his team coming back for next year is a free agent. Yeah, I knew I know they got some work to do there. But you know, here's a guy that had the nerve and balls to try to tackle Baltimore. Yeah, and I think he kind of got things going a little bit, and then left, and now I think they're winning, and he might have created a little bit of that culture. He might have a little something to do with that. I mean, winning, being respectable, not a chump organization like they were. But I've always liked Buck. I've always liked Buck. But Houston will never, ever, ever shake that stigma. No. And they shouldn't. And all. it I sucks mean, because Altuve is a hell of a player. Bregman's a hell of a player. I mean, regardless. Kind of like, kind of like Bonds and some of those other knuckleheads, Juice, and they didn't have to do that. Bonds was the best player on planet Earth for how many years? He didn't have to do that. And so now look how everybody thinks of him and some of the a few of the pitchers. Same with Houston. They didn't have to do that. And I hate that. Here's the deal. You know that not everybody in that locker room was on board with that. But I think uh, majority rules and some of the bigger personalities in the locker room was on board with it. And that's why they ran. I, mean, I can't believe Verlander was on board with that. What are you going to do? What, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? So I, I hate he was on it caught up in that because he's a good dude and he's a good, a good pitcher, even though he got lit up in his one a, uh, ALDS appearance. But anyway, I never thought Verlander would continue because let's be honest, <laughs> after he got married to that young lady, I figured his legs would just be shot for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yes, so, Miss, Mrs. Verlander, yes, she is. Well, she's quite attractive. Yes, yes, she, she. He did okay there. Yeah, he he, did okay. he he certainly married up. So, are you turning your back on baseball, or are you enough of a baseball guy you'll keep watching, especially in the World Series? Oh no, I watch baseball start to finish. I'll, yeah. you, know, you know, I try to, I try to, I, I, you know, to answer your question, no, I'll, I'll watch. I'll still keep watching. I think, obviously, my generation's a baseball generation. Yours is the last of a baseball generation. It, it just is, and I hate it because I love baseball. I love it. Well, what do you think of the rule changes that are coming in? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I like the human human element. I understand replay in every sport. We want to get it right. There's so much money involved in everything, but I, I like the human element. I don't know. But 
plate. We're going to have home plate umpires next year, aren't we? Yeah. Is, when is that going to go away? Well, this is my opinion. I don't mind the shift. Okay. And shift. I've gone on the record on this show and said before, if you can't beat the shift, get your ass to AAA to figure out how to. Yeah. What I, I, I want. Hear, I, I hear that. Now the shift's here's done. Here's what I want. I want every damn broadcast of this game has that little box that shows the strike zone. You can't tell me they can come up with a way to ping into the umpire's head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because far too often, and it, it's worked in the Mets' favor and against them, there's been just dog shit calls, yeah. balls and strikes. I don't I know whether re- the umpires are bad or don't care or... I can remember clearly during the course of my life watching superstars. I can remember, like, Hank Aaron. I was able to see him play. I saw him take strikes right down the middle. Ball one. So superstar treatment has gone on forever. Now, look, the hammer, hammer and Hank. You could, there's an argument. He's best baseball player of all time. His numbers are, look them up. It's ridiculous. I've seen some comp comparisons, yes. And, you know, I was thinking tonight, we probably talk about the NBA, and I lose my mind when people say the NBA sucks, they don't play defense and that. Well, they do play defense. So my comparison to that is to the baseball people, which I'm one of them, the, the strikeout of, uh, uh, numbers, it, that's an embarrassment. And they don't care. And when I'm watching a game, I don't care about the velocity of the ball coming off the bat. I don't care about the launch angles. I don't like that stuff. But I'm with you. I mean, I'm kind of sick of the shift. But if you can't hit opposite field, I mean, Dad used to tell us all the time, hit the opposite way. You know, and him and Jack and a lot of the coaches in the 60s and 70s, they taught us how to hit the opposite way. That's part of the – that's baseball. And I'll say this, I mean, Tito in Cleveland, that's a, that's old school baseball. I'm not a Cleveland guy at all, but you got to respect him. Big that, time. I think, aren't they pretty young too? Very. Yeah. And guess what? Two of their better players, guess where they came from? The Mets. The, the Mets farm system. Ahmed Rosario, who plays short, and Andres Jimenez, who plays second, started for the American League All-Star team. We're true. We're in that trade for Lindor. Ooh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> now, now, okay. I don't. I I don't hate the trade because I think Lindor is a generational talent. I mean, true. he is. Mm-hmm. Now, but Jimenez, I think maybe came up late in the year last year. A little cup of coffee, maybe, or two years ago. Sorry, two years ago. A little cup of coffee. Rosario was like the number one prospect in our organization for a couple of years. Yeah, but just couldn't quite put put it together to the point where they talked about moving to the outfield. But yeah. oh yeah, they're incredibly young. I thought, did I hear seven rookies on their postseason? They're, they're young, and I've said for several years, Tigers fan or not, Ramirez is maybe my favorite player in baseball. I just like watching that guy. He just talk about a guy that just goes about his business and and does it at a high level. Don't say anything. 
took less money, wants to stay in Cleveland, play his whole career there. I respect that. Yeah, now, I do too. I want them to lose every single game they play. <laughs> I do. Um, and well, they're in your division. You'd, I'd hope you'd want them to. Well, we used to own them. That was decade ago and now they own us and i hate it but what comes around goes around here's proof of that i thought i would never i could live to be a hundred with all due respect i thought i could live to be a hundred and you'd never hear me say hey rob fairview's on nine politics one and eight hicksos two and seven. Oh, and antwerp's nine and oh <laughs> i mean what is going on mad respect to them but Here's an example of small school sports. St. Henry's 0-9. St. Henry's 0-9, bro. Uh, St. John's, Delphi's 3-6. and six. Anna, 500. Versailles, maybe. You know, I think Versailles might be 6-3. and three. But Coldwater and Marion Local. How about this? Marion Local and Coldwater, 9-0. and oh. For sure, they play this week. Marion Local's given up 30 points through nine games. Really? Yep. I was Small looking at the sports. max scores um, because on that other podcast they had they they pick they do one MAC game or um, or a Northwest Conference game, and I don't know jack shit about either one of those conferences, so I look them up a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, would you say Saint Henry? I'm pretty sure yeah, they got. Back. Yeah, they got blanked by Marion Local, 35 nothing Friday night. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, St. Henry was a power just yesterday, right? Yeah. So yeah. it happens in small schools. I mean, Hicksville had a really good run in their boys' sports for guys 10, 12 years. I remember Blue and I were talking about it's a good thing going on here with Hicksville sports, and, that, you know, that's gone. And let's face it, Antwerp's going through a lot of good stuff right now. They are in every sport. And you got to write that as long as you can in a small town. So I can see them. They'll win a couple of playoff games for sure. And then about the third playoff game is probably when you start seeing serious competition. But I'm assuming a Saltimus kid must be the real deal. I've watched him, I think, four times. I think I've caught them on my sports. Yeah, he's solid. Did you see that kid from Eden threw for over 500 yards a couple weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> and they're very young. Eden's very young. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the reason Owen went there. He knew what he was getting into. Anyways, this, what do you want to talk about, bro? NBA? Well, no, I had a stat for you while we were talking MLB. You had mentioned something about the strikeout, and it brought something up that I saw the other day. So Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs this year in the regular season. <laughs> his former teammate Joey Gallo I don't know if you're familiar with him but oh, sure. he's uh, he had exact between uh, 233 at-bats with the Yankees and 117 at-bats with the Dodgers he had 56 hits hits I remember Briggles, Briggles Andy's a big Dodger he's Dodger yeah. blue he was not happy when they got him he you know, he's a baseball guy like us, and that's kind of embarrassing. Well, it's not kind of. That's ridiculous. He, he might be out of the game. When's the NBA start? This week or next week? Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. 
Let's go. I got how are the my... Knicks? How, how are the Knicks looking? Uh, maybe a play-in team. I don't quite think they can get that six seed. I'm not sure they can get seven through ten at best. Uh, youngest can be got a little talent, but not enough. That the roster still needs build up a little bit. There's flaws in it, but uh, they will be better just for the fact Jalen Brunson is a true point guard. Uh, he's not a savior, not a superstar. He's not flashy. But I watched the preseason games, of course. Of course I did. <laughs> he just gets the job done. He does. And I he'll they'll win a few more games just because of him, I think. But now the roster needs built up a little bit more, and I'm still waiting for that big free agent splash. Um which I don't know if it'll ever, ever happen. But hey, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to Madison Square Garden this year. I'm catching a game. Are you? Ticket, ticket in hand, bro. Nice. Not yeah. an e-ticket. No. Were you, hey, were your Notre Dame tickets e-tickets? Here's the deal, Rob. About 12 years ago, my best friend from college was having a house party, summer house party. Had a band in his garage, called me up and says, "Hey, why don't you come up?" So I do. During the course of the day, he introduces me to a guy. He says, you guys will get along. Meet Dan Mangus. Well, Dan's a Notre Dame fan. So that was in July. September, we go to a game, and I run into him at the Grotto. He's an usher. He's got his usher uniform on. Swear to God, following year, I run into him again at the Grotto. During conversation, he goes, you come games all the time? I go, I come to one or two every year. And he said, well... A guy named uh, Joe Hager. Have you ever heard of Hager Jeans? Yeah. His dad started Hager Jeans. Joe Hager played for under Era in the sixties. Well, Joe uh, Dan, my my new friend, my new best friend, is the, the usher in the season ticket area, fifty yard line straight up behind the Notre Dame bench. Well, Joe lives in Texas. He's in his 70s now. And he only comes up to a handful of games. And he has Dan sell his tickets for the games he's not attending. So Dan gives me first dibs every year, and I jump on it. And literally 30 rows off the field between the 45 and 50. Too good to be true. So he gets the tickets. I pay him. He sends them to me, e-electronic, on my phone. So I hit the jackpot with this guy. Now, I, the tickets are pretty salty, but it's okay. It's worth, it's it. worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I asked about the e-tickets because I had tick basketball tickets to the Syracuse, Irish and Syracuse over the winter, last winter, and they were e-tickets. So I was a little you, skeptical. You couldn't, did, did it end up you couldn't go? Yeah, I ended up not being able to go. I think you sent me a text and said, hey, if you if you want them, you can have them. And I, I wasn't able to go, too. You know, I turned to my wife yesterday during the game. They had an advertisement up on the Jumbotron about women in men's basketball. I go, we need to do that this year, catch a game or two. I went to one. I've been to a couple uh, boys' men's games there. But, no, uh, uh, I got a nephew living in New York, and he went to the he went to the box office and has tickets in hand. Nice. 
section 119, row 14, seat 22, bro. I'm locked in. <laughs> when is it? Uh, December 23rd. Christmas in New York. Who do they play? My arch rival, the, the team that ruined my life in the 90s. The Bulls? Yeah. No kidding. I hate, I hate them. If, if, <laughs> if Michael Jordan was not on planet Earth, the Knicks might have won a couple titles. <laughs> or, you know, Olajuwon. They went toe-to-toe with the Bulls and Jordan. They went to several Game 7s with them. Epic mm-hmm. stuff. And the difference was Jordan. He was on their team, and he wasn't on ours. But I hate them. I watched the Celtics preseason game a couple games ago. They don't look bad. Well, I they're solid. They're solid. Hopefully they can overcome whatever happened there in the front office. We, should, we don't need to get into, but... Uh, I'll take, I've told you, I've told you forever. I want Marcus Smart on my team because I think he makes people better. He commands you, you play better. He commands, demands you play harder. And let's face it, he crawled up Brown and Tatum last year early in the season and they responded. Yeah. I like that. And then they added Blake Griffin, who what I'm reading and hearing is that he's just nothing but a positive in the locker room. I watched him with the Nets last year, who I can't stand either. Yeah. Not to be a whiner. But he looked like he has, has a, I mean, his best days are behind him, but he, he might be the modern day Bill Walton for the Celtics. I mean, let's face it, Walton was that for, for them when they were winning that last title with Bird and those guys. And so uh, I believe that. I think he's smart enough to know what he brings to the team. And so. I think that's a good thing. See, on a on a lower level, we had Todd Gibson the last couple of years, and he was great with the younger players and very serviceable. Hell, he's still in the league. He's playing for the Wizards now. Really? I, I kind of was sorry to see him go because you need those kind of guys. Now, here's the baseball guy I want on my team. I want Ramirez on my team. I want Harper. Really? I do. I've watched him a million times. All I see is a guy loves to play and plays his ass off and cares. And that goes a long way for me. I'm slowly coming around on him. I've liked him from day one. I really have. This guy plays his butt off. He cares. He's serious. I think he makes people accountable. That's the word I was looking for with Marcus Smart. He makes people accountable. and I, I, I'll take him any day. Because I, I think he, people like that make other people step up. Yeah, there's nobody, there's nobody in the Tigers organization I can think of doing that. Baez was an embarrassment this year. You talk about not caring about anybody but himself. He didn't get, give a shit. Yep. Get out. We don't need it. Yep. So I, I that's, think that's I, the I, reason I, why he wasn't welcomed back to New York too. He's yeah. just. I, I don't, I, I hate, I'm careful to use the word cancer, but yeah. because he and Lindor were such good buddies, but, um, that's hard yeah, to believe. Not a fan. Two different personalities. This guy, no, get him out. Um, so what about where are you at with Draymond? 
getting slapped on the wrist for guess what go to work and do what he did rob and see if you've got a job by the end of the day um see i might well no because i work with all women so i'm pretty sure i'm in some serious shit (laughs) (laughs) i mean i know our society's getting soft and all that but come on man can't do that you can't be doing that no no Uh, however there is something to be said for some things should be handled within the organization. Like there's no reason that that tape should have been leaked. Okay. I don't disagree, but it seemed to me, and you don't know what you don't know. All you know is what you're fed. And what I was fed sounded to me like the golden state was more worried about figuring out how that video got out than disciplining this guy who's just over and over and over, uh, doing stuff yeah he's a knucklehead top to bottom yeah it's it's too bad because he brings something to the table he showed some chinks in his he showed his age last year a little bit but yeah you know i don't think i'd want him on my team i don't care how good he is i don't think i'd want him i don't know but i again to uh be uh, contradictive to myself he probably makes guys accountable and makes them better i believe that but you can't that behavior. No, stop it. Can't do it. Did you watch any of those um, series about the Lakers dynasty? Yeah. Did you? Which one did you watch? Well, there's the one on HBO Max that has the actors. I didn't see that. You and then there's the one on Hulu where there's actual interviews. I Legacy, well, I think, is what it was called. I thought I saw the thirty for thirty series on ESPN about the Lakers and Celtics, and that's a few years ago. It's pretty good stuff. What a different game it well, was. Hulu yeah. just released like a nine or ten episode, um, where they're you know basically it's more about Jerry Buss leaving a legacy, and it's really good. I mean, you know, that I felt like that one was better than the HBO docu-series that was more, I just kind of felt like it was, I don't know, it was a little uh, a little closer to R-rated shit. I mean, I didn't realize real good. until he passed away how beloved he was out there. Yeah. A legend. I didn't, I didn't realize that while he was alive. I didn't either. Cause you didn't know, you didn't, we didn't know a whole lot about the guy. Yeah. I'm pulling but, for his daughter. She dumped Phil. <laughs> yeah. She's I read somewhere she's she's seeing Jay Moore. The comic. <laughs> really? Well, there's Yeah, Phil's probably somewhere in Montana right now in a log cabin burning one. And that's fine. Oh, Good I guarantee him. he is. <laughs> Good for him. I told you my Jerry Lucas story. Jerry Lucas come and spoke at our church 15 years ago, maybe 20. And I was able to spend an afternoon with him because he was there on day Sunday. And then they needed somebody to spend time with him during the day Monday before he spoke that night. So I sat down with him for about three hours at TGIFs or something. What an everyday man he was, but the stories he had was unbelievable, but he was on the Knicks. Yeah. And, he roomed with Phil and he said, sure enough, first road trip, Phil pulls out a bag, starts rolling one in the room. And he said, Phil, 
do you want to do that? That's great. That's fine. That's your deal. I can't have it in the room. You can't be doing it here. And he said, Phil said, fine, that's fine. But he said, one day Phil wanted to ride home from practice. Jerry said, okay. So he said, I'm taking him. He goes, next thing I know, I'm going down an alley. And he goes right here. And he goes, it was like an old warehouse. And Phil says, you want to come up? And Jerry's like, I was just too curious not to. So we go up these long steps. We open the door and he goes, there's all these like guru guys sitting Indian style, you know, like this meditating. And he said the whole place smelled like pot. And he said, see a practice tomorrow, Phil. And he said, I turned around and left, but he said, that's just, that's just the way it was with Phil. And, uh, Phil's done all right for himself. He did yeah, okay. he has, he has, he's pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. The, the most, the, uh, the game I watched and had my eye on most closest yesterday. I know we're going back to football, but the Toledo Rockets, 52-31 over Kent State. And the Rocket quarterback, Daquan Finn, kid throws for 263 yards, six TDs. Oh, and by the way, he also ran for 87 and a touchdown. What, what grade's he in? I'm not sure, but I just what's, clicked on his name. What's and, the school uh, Chuck Ely? Uh, well, he broke the record. He tied the record for touchdowns in a game. I don't think it's Ely. I don't think they were putting up that many points back then. Ely I think it's... Is, he's still the legend of all football legends at Toledo, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I saw, I saw a special on him on either HBO or Toledo, uh, ESPN. Yeah. On top of all his accomplishments, great guy. I think he had a hell of a career in Canada. He did. I think he played in a couple of Grey Cups. Yeah, those were the days, Toledo. So was that a good win? Kent State any good? Uh, no. I mean, they're not great. Um, they get good crowds at Toledo. I think so. From what I can, from what I can tell, I mean, they don't. Oh, Kent State's two and five. Um, Should, shouldn't they be starting Wednesday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night games in the MAC here pretty soon? Yes, yeah, so once baseball's over with, I believe the MACTION games start. Uh I'll say this. I've seen Bowling Green a couple times, and the past few years, there's just nobody at the games. Yeah. But they've had some big, big crowds for some of their Saturday games. It's just, I mean, I get what they're doing with the Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday. I really do. National exposure. But you're not going to get a lot of adult fans to those games. No. Like, no. If they were showing, if the Notre Dame was going on a Tuesday and Wednesday, I'd go now that I'm retired. But if you're working, I don't know. I don't know. I think Toledo's fan base and the alumni itself, I think that gets there. And the fact that they're good, I mean, I think they're going to be, I mean, hell, Lindsay, they're two losses. They lost to Ohio State and San Diego State. That's their two losses. And San Diego State was a three-point game. How'd you feel about Ohio putting seventy on them? Seventy-seven. I don't Pricks. get that. I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't, I don't either. I don't care. I don't care. Don't you can run by me. We had a third string. I don't. I don't care. To me, 
you, you, you want to do that to Notre Dame. You want to do that to Northwestern. You want to do that to Michigan State. That's different. Why in the world do you do that to a school like Toledo, Ohio University? I, no, anyway. I – yeah. Well, hey, man, appreciate you joining me tonight. We're going to wrap this thing up. Got Anything else you – You got any special questions for, for your guests? Not <laughs> really. People close – there you go. That's your next thing. Have a um, couple of special questions you ask to end every pod. Moving forward, something to think about. Okay, that's a great. Hey, man, I take any suggestion I can get. It can when be running this thing. It can be any kind of question, like how was when you lost your virginity? Um, <laughs> uh, this is okay. it's a wide open spectrum for you. I'm not them. here to embarrass my guests. <laughs> it's been fun, pal. Yeah, thanks, Lens. Hey, so okay. that'll do it for this installment of the Deuter Podcast. We thank you all for listening. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, ask that you subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to get in touch with the show, shoot us an email, deuterpodcast at gmail.com. The Deuter Podcast is a Beat2K production created and produced by myself, Rob Bailey. This is Beat signing off. You've been listening to the Deuter Podcast. <laughs>